Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of the Everyday Podcast, a.k.a. EDP, which is your gateway to the casual side of business. I am your co-host, Andrew Sadikoff, and to my left is your wonderful host... Matt Esposito. And let's introduce our other guest tonight. So first off, our returning guest, Mr. Jared Sugar, who is our creative director at EDE and a multimedia specialist at EDS. Great to be here, guys. Jared, welcome back. Thank and you. to Jared's right is Nick D'Ambrosio, who is the owner of Big Splash Graphics. Nick, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you on tonight. What's going on, guys? All right. So as Andrew said, episode 11, which is titled Building Your Entrepreneurial Empire. Uh, for all the audience, if you haven't seen episode 10, which is now out, uh, the title was titled Let's Talk Digital Marketing, where we had Kevin and Ted on and we talked all things digital marketing. Um, so be sure to check that out. And before we dive into the topics, uh, just a general podcast update. The giveaway is still going on for two $25 Visa gift cards. Um, so check the post on our Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn for the details on that. I'll be sure to enter because we're picking a winner next week. That's right. I feel like we just introduced the giveaway and now here we are. Yeah, at honestly, the end of the season. It's crazy. Yeah, we're I can't believe a- how quickly the season's coming to an end. I mean, we we only have one episode left after I this. I know, I know. But how season often? season two will be here shortly. How often do you guys plan on doing like episodes? So we do twelve episodes a season. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna bump that up to way. Yeah, more. yeah. It'll <laughs> probably get to that point. Right now that's your goal, you set your goal and then yeah. you set a new goal and then it'll probably be like twenty or thirty soon. So <laughs> Um, All right, so diving into a topics breakdown for today's podcast episode. So first off, Nick's going to tell us a little bit about Big Splash Graphics and a couple other businesses that he owns. Uh, He's going to dive into his journey as an entrepreneur. Andrew's going to discuss, you know, what it takes to take your idea slash business to the next level, a.k.a. building your empire. And last but not least, we have a little interview, you know, question roundtable for Nick. We have a couple questions for him. All right, Nick, so I want to tell everyone what is Big Splash Graphics. So... Big Splash Graphics. Oh, let me start by saying a couple of things before I get yeah. right into that. So, um, do you want me to introduce myself? First? I have that I'm after this, but you could do oh, whichever you want first. Right. So, uh, I've had a, a handful of people ask me and tell me, hey, I want you to get on my podcast, do this. You're the first person who actually followed through and made it happen. Uh-huh. So, uh, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I could talk for days. <laughs> now, you just got to kind of steer me in the right direction. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'll start with Big Splash Graphics and then I'll go into whatever question you guys got. Mm-hmm. So, Big Splash Graphics, I pretty much, I would say it took over the company about two years ago. Um, it was technically a failing company and an opportunity arose and I knew absolutely nothing about the industry, the business, but being an entrepreneur and a businessman, you know, I've had a lot of experience. So, I saw the potential in it, I jumped on it and I had the old owner actually trained me, I had him on the contract for about a year. Um, when that happened, you know, it, I realized, wow, this is actually a lot of work and it was very technical, but the, the design and the creative aspect of it, like the, the ability to make me create things, I loved it. So I did fall in love, but it was a lot of work because mm-hmm. I have a lot of other businesses to also handle. Mm-hmm. So I'll explain what Big Splash is. Big Splash, we is a, a f- pretty much a full-blown branding company, but branding in the aspect of hard, tangible material, right. like something you could actually hold. It's right. not nothing digital. You do digital. Mm-hmm. I'm more tangible, like touch it, hold it, right. feel yeah. it, you know what I mean, type of thing. So, you know, I can make anything from a banner to routed out PVC boards with someone's head, and then I can print out the picture of the person and put it on that shape. Um, business cards, uh, any type of print collateral, pretty much. But I, my main thing is that I wrap vehicles. So 
Uh, we have, you know, you sit down, you have a consult, you go through the whole graphic process of exactly what you want. You know, we create a proof on the computer, we send it back and forth until we get it, you know, perfect. Then we print it out and install it. I mean, that makes it sound very simple. It's, it's a very <laughs> time-consuming, lengthy process that people, a lot of people don't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. They just think, oh, send me, you know, 10 million proofs and I'll let you know oh, which one right. I like. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, no problem. People just, ever, uh, I don't know how to explain it. That's a whole other topic, a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we work with a lot of vehicles. We could also do the inside of a full retail space. So let's say you gave us, you were ready to open a new business, and you need everything top to bottom. You need T-shirts, business cards, menus. You need the walls designed. You need the floors designed. You need uh, anything you pretty much need marketing-wise that you can hold or put on for a business, I make. Um, so it's a lot of stuff and when people ask me well what is big splash i'm like well it's not one simple answer it's not mm -hmm. like oh i work with vinyl you know i mean we are the largest purchases of 3m vinyl in the state because we pump out a lot we oh, pump wow. out a lot of work i didn't yeah. know that that's really cool actually yeah so that's one thing i'm definitely like proud of so when i have reps trying to call me like they take me serious mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but uh what else you guys got for me well, I heard, just keep going. I heard you recently <laughs> wrapped a, a Ford Mustang. <laughs> yes. So Ford Mustang. <laughs> uh, that was your vehicle. Yeah. Not sick. We were originally going to do the Nardo Gray, but uh -huh. uh, I said that it looks white. Yeah. So now yeah. you wouldn't know that unless someone told you from experience. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So my one friend, he got his uh, AMG uh, C63. I think it's actually a 63C. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually really fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> it better be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the thing is insane. Mm -hmm. And he puts, he actually took like the exhaust and he did something with it. And he had automatic start. And every time he would, he would scare the shit out of people. Mm -hmm. oh my, he got me every time. Uh -huh. I would jump <laughs> every time he started the car. I've never heard anything like it. <laughs> but uh, he got the Nardo Gray. So mm -hmm. I would drive by it. You know, I'd drive by his house. I'm like, wait, his car's white? I'm like, oh, wow, I got to make sure nobody ever gets this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's a white car, so, yeah. Well, no, I was grateful for the advice because it came out absolutely great. We'll put a, a picture or two on the screen for yeah. the audience to uh, to see the finished results there. Absolutely. So, Nick, do you want to touch upon, you know, your other businesses before we get into your background and your career? Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll brush up on them and then, you know, I'll tell you how I got kind of, I guess, mm -hmm. into them. Like I said, I could be here for a long time, <laughs> going in in depth with a lot of different situations. I see a second episode in the near future. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I could talk for days, um, especially about things that I'm passionate about. So I also am in the vape industry, the CBD industry, the pizza industry, boating pizza industry. Um, I've tried almost everything under the sun. I'm trying to get into additional businesses now, but my one thing is, is finding good people who are very hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's the whole, I can't expand until I find, you know, good managers or good partners, things like that. So right now I know that the marijuana industry is about to blow up around here. Mm -hmm. So I have my one, uh, my cousin, Jimmy, he, you know, was very persistent. We would, Nick, I want to make money. Nick, I want to make money. I want to open a business. I want to, I'm like, listen, I, I can't do any work. I, I'm maxed out with my time. I go, if you can put in the work and you can do everything, I will give you all the tools that you need to get it done. Mm -hmm. So uh, we finally kind of pulled the trigger on something. We've been looking at locations 
to go into kind of like a second JR Vapors, that's right. my vape shop, mm -hmm. and kind of turn it into more of a smoke shop, mm -hmm. less vape. So once, you know, marijuana gets legalized, people are going to buy more pipes, more devices, more, you know, bongs and all that stuff. So I can open a chain of those and they do, they do really well. So Absolutely. That's something I'm working on now. I just came up with a absolutely genius app idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. Probably it's not. It's so good. Like, I'll tell you guys when we turn this mic off <laughs> that it, you're going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. I would use that all day long. Mm -hmm. It's one of those ideas, you know, when you, uh, you're you like, why didn't I think of that? That's so simple, but it's genius. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so stupid. Like, how could I not think of that? Yeah. It's one of those. And I've had these uh, developer kids in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. from, they live in New York City, but they're like geniuses. And, you know, I tried to do a couple of things with them, but it was like really expensive because mm -hmm. the stuff they do is crazy. So, Especially in New York City, that's going to be some yeah. expensive work. <laughs> yeah, they, and, and they're, they're good. So I finally uh, got a sick idea, but I just have to do some research and I need to kind of partner up with someone. I'll tell you guys after, but <laughs> go ahead. All right, so why don't you touch upon you as an individual, you know, your Me. background, who you are. Hmm. Tell the audience about Nick D'Ambrosio. Wow, that's really long. You guys ready? <laughs> we'll give you five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes, Speed more round. like a couple of hours. <sighs> me, how do I explain me? I started as a kid in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up there pretty much, you know, doing kid stuff around the streets. My father was, I'm Italian mm -hmm. background, you know, very Italian. My grandfather came over um, onto Ellis Island and he was one of the, the original, you know, roots. So my grandfather was a very, you know, respected man. He's the one guy in my life. He pretty much raised me as a kid. So I have a lot of older, I have like that old school mentality because mm -hmm. my father wasn't really in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but my dad was a good guy. He was a very well-respected guy. But my grandfather, I, my grandfather was a killer and my father was a killer, mm -hmm. straight up. Mm -hmm. I could tell you guys that because they're both dead mm -hmm. and it's public. You can go on Wikipedia. So I come from a pretty hard background, you know? So me, what, what happened was my mom and my dad, they didn't really get along too much, even though she had five kids with them. Oh, I'm one of 12, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I have 11, bro I have 11 wow. brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. So if you can imagine- I the, Marie telling me that. Yeah, if you can imagine the chaos it is with a lot of brothers and sisters, this it's if I had a TV show we would we would be so set because <laughs> it is absolute like madness 24/7 when I when I, like it, stuff that you like you would probably cringe to because some shit's like I can't curse but effed up mm -hmm. you know so finally my mom broke away from my dad I'm not gonna get into that detail because it's no, crazy, of course yeah. you know? <laughs> but she broke away we came to Jersey and uh, it was uh, me my it was like seven of us at the time I have two older brothers than me everybody else is younger I'm the first of the D'Ambrosios so there's two D Donatos two of my older brothers five D'Ambrosios and five D'Annunzios mm -hmm. so there was three marriages all Italian and uh, it was two, five, five. Mm -hmm. So I still have a bunch of younger brothers and sisters. My sister is actually the same age as my daughter. So I had my daughter wow. at 23. I had my daughter young, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't mind. I kind of wanted to be a dad mm -hmm. young because 
I just learned so much of what not to do that I just wanted to be like a father soon so mm -hmm. I could like be the perfect dad, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. My, the way I look and the way I think other people should look at their parents if they were bad parents is you you learned everything what not to do and mm -hmm. what not to be. Right. So you know not to be that towards your kids. You don't want the apple to fall fall from the tree. Right. You want to change that course. Right. Now, I can't say the same for all my brothers and sisters, but I know that I did. Mm -hmm. So I try and be a role model to them, and they all do look up to me. I think most of them look up to me like I'm their father in a way. Mm -hmm. But I did have a stepdad who was a really good guy. Um, total opposite of my dad. So if you ever read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yep. you, know, you guys ever heard of it? I've read it. So mm -hmm. you have both sides of the spectrum. So when I moved out to Jersey, like I was saying before, my mom wanted to meet my stepdad. Complete, complete opposite. Also Italian, white collar stockbroker, you know, went to church every Sunday, really like religious. Like the guy is a saint, uh, absolute saint. So I had white collar stockbroker, really, you know, <laughs> yeah. religious dad, stepdad, and then I had gangster, murderer, <laughs> crackhead, mm -hmm. you know, shake you down and go in your pockets, dad. But I mean, he 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 had a really good reputation, and then once you know drugs got in the mix, things took a turn for the worse. Right. So like. So let me ask you real quick then. With these two experiences, what really kind of pushed you towards entrepreneurship? Is it what you always wanted to do? Uh, so that's that's a good question. How it all started was I would I was in high school, right? I guess it was freshman year. And you know when you get those little blue tickets for like the poor kids? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. cause you get the free free lunch. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was just, I was so embarrassed that I had to go in that I would wait for the line to end. And I'd run in and I'd throw the ticket like to to the lady and say okay i'm, I'm good and I'm, so no one would see it and you know i couldn't get like extra snacks or this or that and i was a grown kid i was hungry mm -hmm. so i guess you could say i was hungry right <laughs> quite literally <laughs> yeah now at this point we lived in a nice house with my stepdad and my mom like it wasn't i didn't live in like the ghetto or nothing like that but right. i didn't have anything of my own I had nothing. You know, if I wanted a new pair of shoes, like the only people who ever gave me any money or anything were my grandparents. And they wound up cutting me off when I was, I think about 17. Yeah, I think I was 16 or 17. They just completely, it's not like they would give me thousands of dollars. It was only when I begged like, listen, we need school clothes or like a few dollars for like extra money for lunchtime and stuff like that. So me, I was really, giving, caring, nurturing kid, and we had a big empty basement. So I would, you know, feel bad for some kids that I hang out with and be like, yeah, you could, because I live next to kind of a trailer park. Right. And, you know, I was around a lot of kids who weren't as fortunate to live in a nice house. So I'd let them sleep in my house. And my mom, my stepdad, they kind of let me do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I was never, mm -hmm. I never had any rules, any discipline, nothing at all, mm -hmm. at all, at all. So I just roamed the streets straight up. Uh, I mean... I had a good childhood because I, I was wasn't a bad kid. Right. I just beat it to my own drum, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I had this kid. His name was actually Nick, and I allowed <laughs> him to live with me. So he goes and he goes, "Hey Nick, you wanna um you wanna sell some weed?" He's like, "I can get an uh, an ounce from my brother." I was like, "I don't know what it is." I'm like, 
all right. I mean, we could try it. How so old were you at this point? I was 16. Okay. 16. Wow. I think that's the first time I tried, actually tried weed. So I was like, all right. So I remembered at this, this place called Adrenaline, it was a tattoo shop. I didn't know anything about scales or anything like that. These guys, I remember they charged me $130 for a scale like this big. <laughs> I know they absolutely robbed me blind, but I didn't know any better. I was just a kid. So we got that so I can, we could sell the bags and I wound up blowing through the whole ounce. He sold almost nothing because I had a little notepad. I had a little safe from my dad and I would just store everything in there. And I was right down every sale. And I, and at the end of it, I was like, wow, I just made some serious money. I'm like, I gotta do this again. And then ever since I got that taste for money, uh -huh. I just exploded. Stuck with you. My mind just was like, the op like it's endless. Like I have money, I'm in control. I have the power now. When I tell you I went so crazy, I was working all hours of the night. Like I, call me the dub king. Like <laughs> I, I was so busy. I was selling dubs to, th I was have three people meet me in the same parking lot. And <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And you know, if it snowed out, yeah, guess what? I'm charging extra. Mm. $15, $20 extra, I'm going in a snowstorm. No one's delivering, but I am. <laughs> it didn't matter what it was. If I had to meet you in the woods, had to drive my bike <laughs> through the trail, I was going, <laughs> you know? So I was a little wild. And then one day I had some gas. It was fire. I lived upstairs in like, it was like the fourth floor. It was kind of like the attic was my room. And uh, it was really good stuff, and it stunk my whole house up. And my mom comes home, and she goes berserk. She flips out, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's like, you can get, you can either stop selling or get the F out of my house. That's right. I go, I'm getting out. <laughs> I moved out of my house at 18 years old, and I somehow got approved for an apartment. I have no idea how. And once I got that apartment, it was game on, and I just hustled my ass off. I just wanted to make as much money as I could so I can get in and get out. And uh, ever since then, it was kind of like I saved my money, saved my money. I was a, always a really big saver, right? Now, mm -hmm. <clears throat> there's a lot more of the story from that, but that's pretty much how I got a taste for entrepreneurship. And go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, transitioning from that into, you know, legitimate businesses, what kind of, you know, what was what was the story with that? What was your first business that wasn't, you know, <laughs> grinding it out? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, so even, even during that time and before that, you know, I always had the hustling mentality. So what I was doing as a kid is I was actually doing accounting and I had no idea. I was doing inventory reconciling. Mm -hmm. reconcil Oh, yeah. Say that right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing inventory. So what I did is I had a little notebook, and every sale that I made I wrote down, and every dime that I made I wrote down. At the end of the day, I would, you know, do my totals, and then at the end of the week I would do my totals. Okay, I made 4000 this week, but I spent 1000 And then at the end of the month I would do my total, and I would see exactly how much I spent and then what I made. So then I wanted up taking it a step further. And I, cause I got really bad OCD and I'm very like, I have a lot of discipline with myself because I know if you're organized and you're on point, 
you're more efficient. I think now, we're all like that, personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this at the time. That's it was funny. just you, like, who I was. You made QuickBooks for yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so here you go. What I did was I had a manual QuickBooks, but actually I got something more simple. It was called Quicken Essentials. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, but it was basically a basic accounting program. So what I did, well, you're not supposed to do this when you're selling weed, but you know, <laughs> I did it anyway because I'll tell you why. So I would write down the name. It obviously would have the date and a sale. So let's say I got set up, right? And I'd say uh, three months ago, yeah. I sold to Jimmy. I sold him, let's say, a quarter ounce. Then I know the exact date and time. I know who I sold to. So I was also protecting myself. Right. Yeah. But what I was doing is I was matching up my handwritten books to my, my Quicken Essentials. So I was literally driving myself insane because my OCD was so through the roof. I was matching numbers. I'm like, why is it $5 short? This doesn't make sense. And I was driving myself crazy. I did it for a year straight. (laughs) So I did that and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick to one of them. And I think I just stuck to the the program. I think I did it for like, I think I was was selling for like two years. So when you you ask the question, how did that form into legitimate business? Uh, at, during all these times, I mean, I didn't just do that. I would take my money and I'd try and invest in things. What else can I hustle? What else can I sell? Uh, I remember I was doing sh- sneakers, like knockoff sneakers from China. So I had a connection that brought me to New York City. I would go in like these underground places and buy tons of sneakers and hustle. Oh, man. You know, $75, $80 a pop, like, yeah. like nice stuff, like yeah. stuff that we wear now, except it's Chinese knockoff. Yeah. Good quality. So I did that. What else was I hustling? Oh my God. I remember I started a telemarketing company. This is when I was, I think I was like 20, 21. I set up a telemarketing company in my basement where one of my friends invested like a few thousand into it. We bought leads. We're doing student loan consolidation. I opened up a, uh, I was going partners with my brother. He was an electrician. I was like, listen, I'm gonna learn how to read blueprints. I'm gonna buy all the tools, we'll buy the truck, and we'll open our own electrical contracting company. The tools sat in the truck for literally like three years. I think I still have some of the tools <laughs> in the box. Uh, what else did I hustle? Oh my God. I, I can't think of all the things, but I've literally tried every single business possible. Um, I even tried loaning out money. I was loaning out money at one point. I mean, obviously not supposed to do that, but hmm. you know, I was pretty much a loan shark. I'm like, oh, you need five grand? Well, mm-hmm. I want four percent on top a week. You know, that didn't work out well. I tried the bookie and yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that doesn't didn't work usually out well. work out well. <laughs> it, it doesn't because you realize that anybody who's that broke and needs the money majority of the time they have a problem already with money so for them to pay you with the big on top is like oh my god yeah Yeah, but anything that popped in front of me i would try it i would test it if it didn't work you know i'd try for you know a month two months and i'm like nah you know what this isn't for me it's not working it's not going smooth you know and then uh I, i forget how i led into the one thing but so I'm going to let you. Yeah, all right. Yeah, ask, so ask to come, yeah, so come back going. to it. What was okay. your first LLC that you established? Uh, that would have been, was it the student loan consolidation or the... So you started pretty young with just like legitimate, like through the government, yes, all of the... Okay. Yes, always. So I knew, like, listen, I knew I was doing something wrong in the eyes of the law, but, you know... I didn't know anything. I didn't have anybody to guide me or to show right. me. Like I wasn't good. I wasn't good in school. Like 
I pretty much grew up in the street. I didn't mm-hmm. have a dad to really guide me or show me the way. So what I would do, and this was a strategy that I definitely recommend to everyone, you know, any kid who doesn't have a father or parents or someone to look for someone who will mentor you. So as a kid, when I was 14, 15, 16, I would, I would attach myself to men that lived in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I would hang out with them. I would say, can I help you? Can I come with you? You know, then I was going to auctions from house auctions to car auctions. I was going to casinos at, you know, 19 years old. I was able to expand my mind by just talking to older men, even if they had experience in something, anything, at least I learned it. Because it's not like I had a dad to like go hang around with all the time. My stepdad really wasn't my dad. Mm -hmm. I never called him dad. He was just very different. I was a New York kid. New York mentality, street smart. He was a very, you know, white collar, straight, like, you know, school kid. So me and him didn't really, it's not like we didn't get along. Right. He just went his way, I went my way, mm-hmm. you know? So I didn't have someone that hit home. So I constantly looked for a mentor, someone to guide me, someone to show me anything. And there was this one guy on my block, um, his name was Rob, and he was actually from Brooklyn. And if I tell you this story, I don't know if we have time to tell it now because it's absolutely insane. Right. This guy Maybe Rob, for another episode. Yeah. yeah. Or we could go name, for a story of the week at the yeah. end. I want to yeah. actually, you know, cut because I've got Go notes ahead. here, right? And, and I think this is really funny. And the notes kind of tell me what I want to, you know, touch upon. And yeah. you covered all of them. <laughs> so create a business plan. You talked about that. You talked about the upbringing, stuff like that. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, you just explain yep. the mentors, you know, going, you know, attaching yourself to the people that knew what they were doing and, you know, yep. going with that. Uh, build the right team. You know, we oh, talked about kind of the people that you were involved with. I'd love right? to get more into that. Yeah, yeah, that one we're actually going to come back too. to. Uh, don't ignore the numbers. You actually started out with that one. Oh, I got to tell you. Oh, there's a car wash that was right up the street from here. I'll tell mm-hmm. you how I had that opportunity. I was, I actually was partnering a, a a used car dealership at one point through mm-hmm. my friend Rob. I have so many different things that I'm not right. thinking of them now, but this is all as a young kid. That's funny. I, I tried. So ahead. let's let's go back then to, um, you know, building the right team, right? Because you said that, you know, currently it's, it's difficult, and I think that's yes. just, a, you know, a combination of both the kind of the modern lifestyle that's been, especially on our kind of East Coast environment, yes. been inquisitive, and uh, obviously COVID-19 does not help. Um, it's definitely oh, not a no. good thing overall for business. Definitely. But uh, tell us a little bit more about kind of the teams you've been a part of, you know, what you think is good, bad, you know, what, what you think about that topic. Okay, so I will definitely I learned a valuable lesson about, you know, t- team, uh, like having a good teammate or a good team in general. So I always knew that I wanted a partner and a good partner where I knew I can lean on them, you know, and be supported. Like we can bounce things off of each other, but I never really had that person. And I always knew it in the back of my head. I'm like, I just want someone to just have that I can explode with. Typically at, at our age now, I feel like it should be your wife. You guys should be sick teammates, you know, and take mm. over everything together. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, don't have that, and I, and I didn't have it. But uh, I, at that point, I, at a young age, I, I tried to do everything by myself. Everything and anything. I go, I'm a lone ranger. Nobody's on my page. No one's going to, like, be able to do what I can do. And uh, I did everything alone for a long time. And the minute... I kind of accepted it and I took people in. I kind of exploded, right? I, I had a team. I took someone in and I was able to, to rely and depend and, and bounce things off and just 
focus on my area and he can focus on his and and we just you make so much more money when you have a good team you cannot thrive anywhere or in in anything without partnerships teammates good you know good workers it just doesn't work you know it's i don't even know how to stress it enough mm-hmm. but it, i can't say it's easy to find good teammates and good partners especially when you're you know a really good true honest person a lot of people don't know that when you get into business and you guys both don't have money you've never been in the situation where you guys know each other with money mm-hmm. and money changes people it changes most people mm-hmm. so the minute you get a, a bunch of money in your pocket and he's got a, mun- a bunch of money in his pocket he you may be the same guy but he's totally different you guys start button heads and before you know it the whole house comes crumbling down it's the same thing you meet a girl right she's great everything's going good she love your life the minute you guys move in together she's a totally different person mm-hmm. like you weren't like this when i met you you weren't act you would come and hang out at my house and cook and clean and now you don't want to do anything yeah. you know so it, you can always relate personal relationships to business i always compare the two it just works oh every absolutely time. Sure. absolutely yeah you know but uh and I was going to say something, and I, I'm actually starting. Okay, so this is what I wanted to say. Uh, so, for example, EDE, we've got a pretty good team. Uh, we've got, and by that I mean kind of size-wise, like it's it's a pretty substantial team, especially for how long we've been in the business, mm-hmm. the amount of quality people. And we've, you know, we've been through good and bad, and we have some guys that didn't really work out with our company. But the amount of quality people that we currently have, you know, working for us, I think is incredible. Um, really lucky. And yeah, we, I was going to say, like, a lot of it actually kind of comes down to luck, but we try to create the right environment and everything. But I wanted to say I have met so many unbelievably talented kids in my life, yeah. kids that can do the most insane things. For example, um, you know, one of my friends, we were the first people in New Jersey to get an FAA drone license because he spent wow. 12 hours on the phone with the FAA getting transferred from one place to the other. He did not give up. If they if they hung up on him, he called them back. Persistence. You know, baby. just we and they said, "Take so it, take about. it. Please leave us alone. Take your stupid <laughs> drone it. license. Oh my god, just let us key, go." Key um, you know, very talented kid, but super just, you know, wants to do a bunch of things. And it isn't that he doesn't want to put the work in. It's just that when it gets tedious, when it gets the same thing over and over again and it's hard, that's when a lot of really talented people kind of start to fall off. Yep. And you got to find that balance between, like, super talented person that you can't control that just runs wild and does what they want yeah. and someone who's got the talent and willing to back it up, mm-hmm. you know, with that kind of work and frame for and sure. understand that, hey, if I got to do something that I hate for six months straight, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be great at it and I'm going to go back to what I like, but we're going to get through it. It's as called opposed discipline. To, exactly, it's like you said, discipline. discipline as opposed to, you know what, oh, I'm I'm a great guy. I got all these talents, all these abilities. You know, if I don't want to do something, screw it. I'm no. not doing it. Now, yeah. there's a way to kind of harness that. So if you're, uh, your mind always runs wild, but you're a really smart person, it all comes down to strategies, right? Strategies of how to maximize your efficiency. Mm-hmm. So if you just dig a little bit and look into, you got to learn about yourself. You got to look into self-motivation, self-help. The only reason why I'm in the position that I am is because I had so much alone time to mm-hmm. ask questions. Life is all about the questions you ask yourself so if you ask yourself bad quality questions you get bad quality answers you have to somehow retrain your subconscious mind Mm -hmm. to when you walk into a room what is your mind automatically thinking you know you have your conscious mind where you know what's going on and then you have your autopilot mind Mm -hmm. so it's it's very big to to find ways and strategies to kind of harness that energy 
straight mm-hmm. up like and there are all ways to do it Absolutely. you just have to look you have to listen and that's why the reason why i'm on this podcast you know a lot of people they don't even know what podcast is or they just they don't want to listen podcast is one of the biggest reasons for my success why because podcasts are where you find mentors it's right. an audio mentor where That's you right. just learn things you would have never learned or never heard in your life anytime i get in a rut what do I do? I put on podcasts. I, you know, from listening to Tony Robbins to Joel Brown to uh, what's the other one I listen Rogan. to? You know, I like Rogan. I just when I'm listening to a podcast, I can only focus on three, yeah. and there's so there's much in those on. ones. <laughs> man, I love yeah. Joe Rogan. It's like, more of an man. entertainment than it is like yeah, an actual. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I would say that podcasts definitely have been mentors to me throughout my life, and they've taught me so many tricks, strategies, tools things that I'm like oh my god I'm gonna use this right now and it puts your mind in a whole nother realm gives you a whole nother perspective on anything in life it could be relationships it could be business it could be I don't know creating something It could be about sleep it, it could be about something about your body something about your mind it could be anything at all so that's when it comes down to do you want answers what do you want out of life right so you have to say okay here's my goal this is what I want out of life now, how the hell are you going to get there? You got to ask questions. If you don't know, you got to ask. Just like in school, you don't know something? Raise your hand. You know, if you're out of school, who would you ask for answers? Podcasts. Yeah. Straight right. up. You got to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to listen and learn. And think about it. You can be the smartest person in the world, right? You could know everything. But if you don't utilize that, you know, mm-hmm. You don't utilize that knowledge, right. you're a wasted talent. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the, the definition of wisdom is applied knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now there's a few ways to learn lessons and get experience. You can learn from your own experiences, and then you can learn from other people's experiences. And that's what a podcast is. You kind of get to jump the gun, cheat the system. People don't take advantage of those things, and it's right. like, why? <laughs> yeah, why? Exactly, yeah. I try and tell people about podcasts all the time, and I've literally had people like, yo, turn this shit off. I'm like, just please listen. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's so valuable. I'm like, I'm like, you see where I'm at? You see yeah. what I have? I'm like, don't you want it a little bit? I'm like, then yeah. why, if you're not hungry for success. And it's, and it's so heartbreaking, right? Like sometimes yeah. you meet these kids and they're like, I just want to listen to my music they and I want to do my drugs and I just don't care. They're content. They're content. And it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> you I know. Think ultimately it comes down to like, especially recently, you know, the past 10 years, like people are so visual now um, and like just have this attention span, like especially with this whole Instagram scrolling, Facebook scrolling, you know, like it just comes down to like people's attention spans and like yep. what they're able to focus on. Um, but ultimately, like you see all these successful people, um, and I, I don't think that sort of thing matters to, to people that are willing to learn and listen and you know have that hunger for new information and important yeah. information. Um, and you're right. I mean, a, a lot of these podcasts do have that information, but a lot of people don't see it. Um, no, and I think sure. it's due they to this don't. you know visual hunger. Um, for you know, stimulating. They want instant gratification. Exactly. They want to exactly. pop that pill and make it all just disappear for or sure. all appear. Exactly. You know, when in reality, that's not how it works. You and know, it, this stuff takes time. You and just I'll sit. give you a priming start to cut no, you off good. because my brain, once I forget something, it's like gone forever. <laughs> Get it. So I'll give you a prime example of this. So me knowing that I never had a mentor in my life, unless I went and sought out for it, like, you know. I wish I had someone like myself for me when I was a kid 
So, you know, I have kids hit me up on Instagram and, you know, they'll ask me questions and say, yo, Nick, like, I see everything you you have. Like, I, like, how do I get there? What do you do? I go, listen, I'm one of the busiest people I know. Doesn't matter. Come to my office. You want to hang around me? You want to follow me? You want to drive my car and just listen to me speak, be around my, my environment? Come through. My, I have a wide open door. Mm -hmm. the, now, here's the problem. The amount of kids that I let in my door and sit at my desk, they last a couple of days and they see, I guess, how much work it is. And right, they're yeah. just not, it's not like this. And they just disappear. Or maybe never show up at all and they'll type the, these really nice long things. And I'm like, that's really nice. Like, you seem really genuine. And I get excited because I'm like, right. someone yeah, wants to learn. Realize. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I'm like amped up because I want to give. All the things that I learned and all the things that I taught myself and all the, you know, the, the pitfalls that I've had and, mm -hmm. you know, things that I've conquered, I want to share it with people because at the end of the day, if I give what I have to someone and they don't have to learn it the hard way, they're going to appreciate me. And right. what's better than someone appreciating something you did for them? Absolutely. It's, there's no value. It's, it's invaluable. It's priceless. Yeah. So, but that, that's what brings me joy and happiness. It's contribution. Growth and contribution are the two things that you don't necessarily need in life, but those are the two that make you happy. Right. So as long as you're growing or you're giving something back in some way, form or fashion, you know, you're going to feel good inside. And that's something that I, that I enjoy, but I just... Every person that's ever came to my office or, you know, came and hung out with me, I've had a handful, you know, that have taken mm -hmm. my advice. And I'll give you an example. Like, I, I had this one kid, you know, he hits me up, hung out with me for like a couple of days. You know, I gave him my advice. I gave him lessons, told him what to do. And two months later, he sends me a picture of a Rolex. And he's like, listen, Nick, he's like, I just want to thank you for everything you told me, everything you taught me. He goes, I know this isn't much. He's like, but I'm, I listen to everything, and he goes, I'm doing absolutely amazing. He And he just, like, was so appreciative that he took what I gave him, he used it, he right. actually listened, and he's making money. He's like, well, I'm making sick money right now. It's like, it's crazy. You know, I've saved people's lives, like my, my one friend, uh, I don't, he's probably might listen to this, I don't want to, I'm not going to say no names, but... He's like, listen, Nick, before I met you, like, I was going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And he's really grateful and really appreciative for that. And he thanks me all the time. And he's like, Nick, he's like, if I never, you know, decided to meet you that day, because he was like in a really bad position in life. And, you know, I helped him out. But it, I didn't even think I was helping. Right. It was just and who that's the I thing. was. Like, when people hear I helped somebody out, they assume you put them in your house, you put them food on the table, you no. gave them money, or maybe he was in a lot of debt and you paid it off, and no, that's not that it. Wasn't you know, it people at all. have the wrong idea. He just um, wanted to listen. He exactly. wanted to help himself. So I just gave him whatever I had, and he made it work. Right. And he was grateful for that. And right. it's like someone who can thank you for saving their life because you just help them by you being you. It's like Price. nothing makes you feel better than that, you know. Right. But go ahead. What were you trying so to I say? wanted to I wanted to move on. We've had some questions here, Last and a lot of these three. a lot of these yeah. we've actually already covered is what I'm getting to. Um, but there's one that I personally am really interested in, okay. and uh. But aside from like, you know, other people or like, you know, listening to a podcast and being like, wow, like this is this is really great. Where do you find inspiration? Because I'm sure there have been times in your life where you're doing something. You're like, man, none of this even matters. Like, what the heck am I doing? You know? OK, so inspiration. 
Uh, this one's kind of like a little strategy. And you can kind of, you can link it with motivation too. Like uh, to me, those two things kind of go together, like inspiration, motivation, I'll like, you know, you, to keep you going. I'll give you a good one. And I haven't done it in a while. And honestly, I need it so bad. All right. So I used to go out to California a lot and I would rent houses like on Airbnb, you know, whether it was with friends or someone, you know, was doing something and I would go in these mansions and I would feel live the life as if I was rich and I visualize <laughs> like this is what I want well, even if it's for a day you're able to put yourself directly in the position and feel it and when you feel it it's a totally different situation when you believe something cool but then when you're inside it and you feel it and you believe it that's when you really make it happen right. you know because now you can hold it in your hands you can touch it now it's like it's in full full throttle so Go rent a house, go put yourself in a Lambo, go put yourself in that position that you want to be in, even if it's for an hour, even if it's for t 10 minutes, you know, so you can actually like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but you're just in it. Right. You know? So yeah. rent a house. And like use it to inspire, inspire yourself you. as opposed yeah. to like, oh, I rented a Lambo, I'm going to go haul ass because it's fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. Instead of doing it solely to flex, you know, yeah. create, right. use it to create a hunger. Yeah. In order to it's like now I know yourself. exactly what it's like. So when you go about your day and mm -hmm. it pops in your mind, right? And you remembered you were sitting in that Lambo and you feel how the leather felt and you feel the the, the shifter felt and all the buttons. You're visualizing it in your ma mind and you're putting that energy back out into the world, so it could just come right back to you. And that's, that's right. what it's all about. And a huge part of that, and it, it's it's a little long to explain, but I'll give you the basic of it. And uh, this is huge. And I literally, every time I meet somebody new and they'll like hang out at my house, I'll stay, I go, listen, do you know what the secret is? They're like, what's the secret? I'm like, you don't know what the secret is? The secret of life? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I was like, have you ever heard of the law of attraction? And they're like, most people say no. And I'm like, all right, well, there's a book but you don't have to read it because it's like a movie documentary. Yep. I go, I think it, it's called the secret. It is. Yep. I go, I'm only putting it on. If you pay attention, like this is something that I truly value and I really believe. And if you don't, I'm going to be really mad. So I'm not going to put it on unless you want, if you really want things in life and you want to know how I got them, I'm like, I'm going to show you. So I put it on for a lot of people and, uh, it's literally, it's the law of attraction. You know, it's kind of like what you give, all the energy that you put out is really what you get back out of life and uh, I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody but it's it's on Netflix it's called The Secret if you want to have a strategy a tool it's more than a strategy and a tool I've literally sat in my car at some points and I've literally reflected back and I've literally started crying because the things that I've had and gotten in my life down to the exact pinpoint color was because of the law of attraction like mm -hmm. anybody who follows it and believes in it, you'll realize that they're a successful person. They just have that. They, it's all about learning how to control the energy. It's where to focus the energy, how to focus the energy. It's question. It's answers to questions that you probably have. Right. You know, it all comes down to people who really want answers out of life. And if you don't want answers and you want to live a content life, you want to live in the world of ignorance is bliss. Then so be it. But if you want more out of life, ask more questions, get more answers. All right. We'll ask one more question. I'll do it. All right. So what's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? 
Hmm. Oh boy. Favorite part. I don't know. It's all pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about being an entrepreneur is the beginning stages. I like to innovate. I like to create. I like to start building it up. You know, the, the, the very beginning is like my favorite part because I get to take all my ideas and start plugging them together and see it come to life. So once it's built and, you know, running, I'm like, all right, well, I'm bored now. I don't want to manage this. I want someone else to manage it so I can right. go build and create mm -hmm. the next thing. Right. So what I did and I realized, I'll, I'll give you the answer the, to this, is I took a test called the Fascinate Test. Now, you can take tests on your, uh, I guess, your character, your behavior. Mm -hmm. like, there's all different self-tests that you can take. You know, don't you want to learn about yourself? Well, Google, on, Google it, and you can find a bunch of cool ones. So this one's the fascinate. So I took this test by asking, I don't know, 50, 100 questions, and it spit out what type of person that people view me as and what type of person I am. And I took the test. I'm an innovator and a creator. So it's like mm -hmm. I'm a very in innovative type of person. And I go, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And then I had a bunch of other key points. I don't know because I took it like, I don't know, eight months ago. But everything it had on it was so like pinpoint dead on. I was like, wow, this is really cool. There's all types of really crazy stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Want to ask one more question or we'll move on to story? Um, yeah, let's move on. I don't know how much time we have left. It yeah, seems like we're. Five minutes, five ten minutes. Yeah, yeah we're still slowly uh, <laughs> running so usually, out. Usually, like at the end of each podcast, we save uh, a little time for each person or whoever has a story or lesson of the week. Um, oh, Jared, you want to start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will save your next story for next time. Jared, you want to go? Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? Um, so, I mean, the lesson of the week for us here at EDE was definitely um, plan um, for every project well um, and um, it'll only help you in the, in the long run when you try and execute um, this we just took on a really really big project with uh, BMW this week uh -huh. nice. oh that's um, right those massive 30-minute um, feature for their new four series, four series reveal release. Yeah. Oh, really? I'll show you the um, video it's yeah. gonna be like on a commercial so it, they wanted thing? to live stream it um, but okay. ultimately it's gonna be like posted everywhere at all their social media um, but yeah. it was really big that's corporate was watching um, really really cool experience we had like a full week of shooting behind that um, and it was planned out great. Um, we were on a time crunch, but we got it done. Is it done? Can I see it? It is done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, I'll share it with you it later. It aired last mm -hmm. night um, for the first time, and I'm really happy with um, how it went. Um, we had a lot of fun people working on it between the dealership and all of our employees. Mm -hmm. um, but once again, like you know, when you put good, solid planning into something mm -hmm. and um, use that in order to execute it right, you're only going to benefit and learn in the end. Um, just from you know running through it the first time like Matt said yeah. um, when we were talking earlier like we're only gonna do this better next time every right. time we execute um, we learn um, and Definitely. like you said you, you got to be willing to learn from those experiences in order to grow so I think the lesson from this week is uh, you know put a lot of effort into um, anything that you're doing because ultimately right. no matter how well you do um, you're always gonna it's called pride at the end of the day exactly. and a lot of people don't know how to apply it to everything for sure and the way the way I see the point that you just made and I, and I try and tell a lot of people a lot of people don't really listen when I talk but I say some good shit <laughs> um, so putting pride into something like me 
I will not do something unless I know I can do it 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah, Jared because is definitely then that you way. See, you <laughs> sure. see it. The amount of times that we have tried to physically pry him off of the yeah. computer, as oh, in, yeah. this project is really good. Oh, yeah. Way better than it needs to be. Please stop yeah. working on it. And he's like, no, I can make it that 0.01% better. Yeah. I'm going to spend the next two hours doing it, and it's going to be perfect. That it's like <laughs> when he puts it out there, he's like, this is me. I made this. Mm -hmm. I created it. And no one's going to have anything to say because I put yeah. my you know sweat and tears into this thing yeah. and that's how I go about everything in my life yeah. that's why when, when people do things and they half-ass them I'm like how do you even have do you even have respect for yourself mm -hmm. I'm like if you don't respect the things that you do Absolutely. that you got to show all the people yeah. it's like what's going on here yeah. I'm like you're just not the, I can get into that it's the whole yeah. story I got yeah. a lot yeah. of no, different no, no. topics episode 2 when they yeah, so, yeah. so coming back huh. to the uh, lessons of the week I actually had one planned but I think I'm going to change it on the spot and I we'll see how it goes I have a lesson that kind of joins with his too I've got, I've got a lesson of the week that actually has to do with Nick and I met him for the first time recently. We sat down in his office. He showed up on this crazy BMW bike. <laughs> I was going to joke and ask him uh, how's his skateboard, but I didn't want anyone to get upset. Um, and I'm sitting there with him, and we're talking about digital marketing, and we really start getting into the nitty-gritty of it. Like, I get excited. I'm like, he's asking interesting questions. Like, he really wants to know how this so stuff questions, works. questions, baby. Yeah, I, I was blown away, because most of the time people are like, give me the numbers. What's the best you've done? I'm like, we did this for that with this money. They're like, sick, sign me up. You know, and he's like, well, he asked me, he's like, well, why can't I just do it myself? Like, you're just, you're going to go on Facebook, on Google, put in the ads, do it myself. Like, what makes it different going with you than just sitting down and learning it myself? And I sit there and I'm like, well, I've got a million answers in my head that I usually give to clients when mm. that answer pops up. But I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to say it's experience. And most people don't respect that. Most people are like, oh, yeah, sure, all you marketing agencies talk about your amazing experiences. But having talked to him, I figured, you know what, maybe he'll actually appreciate this answer. And I said experience. And I did. You know, we've learned from success and from failure. It's the same way that, you know, you wrapping cars. Yeah, I could Google Everything. how to wrap a car, you know, but it's not going to come out nearly as nice. You know, and that's exactly it. Like, we know what buttons to press, which buttons not to press, because we've been there, and we've been there, and that's what we do. That's what we're passionate about, you know? And he appreciated it. Well, and he, I think it was he a, explained it way more complex than what <laughs> yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. He went into way more depth than what he said. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so believe me. And, and there's a reason why I do that as well. One is to know, like, see how much, like, you guys really know. Right. And two is when you guys start explaining things to me, and I do this to all my friends and, and everybody who owns businesses, I go, listen, you got to tell me everything about your business because guess what? If you're good at what you do and I have someone who needs you, I can now sell it for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and it's not like I'm making money on it. Yeah. I'm just helping you and I'm helping my other friend. And if I can help both you guys out, I'm, why not? Right. Why wouldn't I do that? Right, so the more details I know about your business, your company, and, you know, I meet a friend, I'm like, and he, and he says something like, oh, I got just a guy. And then I start talking and I know more. Mm -hmm. Instead of calling you and getting you on the phone, I can almost sell it for you. Mm -hmm. Again, not for the money, right. for the point that I can help him and I could help you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I go about everything in life. Absolutely. I really do. And then back to uh, Jared, your point about planning uh, ahead. Now, this is kind of planning way, way ahead. And it's a little lesson that I kind of want to touch on that a lot of people who get into businesses do not realize it's the most basic simple thing i made the mistake you know a few times as a kid and uh it comes down to the numbers right so you get an idea for a business and you say oh i'm gonna do this it's gonna be great or i'm gonna invest in this and i'm gonna change this and tweak that and you start going crazy you start doing all this research you start looking for vendors and this and that and people employees building how am i gonna construct it and then 
it gets down and you start investing the money and you go, well, wait a second, I can't make any money. This is going to take me years to make money. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to set how much money do I want to make in the beginning, right? Yeah. I'd say I want to make $100,000. Yeah. Add up all the expenses, all the employees, all the overhead, and you say, okay, how many sales do I have to make? One. Or two, how many clients do I need? Mm-hmm. Start there with the numbers first and work backwards, mm-hmm. you know? So you say, okay, I want my 100 grand. Okay, I need this many clients or I need this many sales. Now, is that even possible? You go, wait a second. The machine can't even move that fast. I can't pump out, yeah. you know, 50 units a day. That means I could only make 40 grand a year. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I can't even do this. And then you just right. saved yourself weeks, if not months of time, and that could be tens of thousands of dollars. Lifetimes, yeah, Think about absolutely. It. Yeah. You, like, that's, it's you a big mistake. You can't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So. All right, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, uh, so to close out this episode, uh, next week to give you a little episode sneak peek, uh, the season one finale. Feels like yesterday we just started, oh my but God, it really the does. finale is next God. week, and that is going to be okay. titled "What Lies Ahead: The Future of the Everyday Brand," and we will have a special guest on there. Also, a couple shout-outs before we end the episode. First off, to Uncle Vinny, listening from uh, listening all the way from Florida. Uh, second off, to Nick and the team at Big Splash. Absolutely. Uh, and last but not least, to the uh, Shared Universe, uh, the podcast studio, Ming and Mike. They run a great studio here. They're great guys, and we always love coming in here. What a great experience. Thank you, Mike. And Ming. <laughs> yeah, you met Ming. Ming was the one yeah, you met. Um, and for all the audience out there, be sure to check out our website, which is everydaypodcast.biz. Our Instagram is everydaypodcast.ig. And our YouTube is just the Everyday Podcast. Nick, thanks for coming on. We're definitely going to be you. having a couple more episodes with you, uh, definitely in season two. We hope you enjoy being on. Definitely. I uh, love this shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but no, I appreciate good. it, guys. Sir, I was good. late. I was covered in dirt from head to toe. You don't even know what I, what I went through to, to even get here. And I was still 20 minutes late. This is why you need a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.